Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, would it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday on 1080. The fan, the red zone is on. So we will be thoroughly distracted, but we'll do our best to keep talking NFL with you until 11 o'clock when we bring you to the pregame of Seahawks Rams for today. And the segment here we wanted to talk about is which teams in first place right now that weren't supposed to be in first place do you think are for real? Those teams currently are the Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Detroit Lions, and the L.A. Rams. If you'd like to include the Panthers and Chiefs, you can, although I think both those teams are for sure for good. Are, are for sure good. So, um, you, or I, I guess the Panthers could be one, because the Falcons are supposed to win that division. So, out of all of those teams there, which one do you think is the most for real? The Rams, the Lions, the Eagles, the Jaguars, or the Bills? Um, I've, ah, uh, jeez. I, I really like the, the I like the Lions, especially in that division. I mean, really outside of Green Bay, that's the only other team that we feel like can really challenge um, for that NFC crown, at least coming from the NFC North. So I I like the Lions. We well, like I said, you know, we know the Chiefs are real. That's not I think that can that goes without saying. But the 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 Yags, who knew that they would be two and two? But the thing is, like, there's a three way tie for first place in the AFC South between the Yags, the Texans, and the Titans. So that could really – that division could really go either way at this True. point. True. I don't think the Jaguars will be the team that's going to end up in the, in the top spot. But would it really shock you if the Jags actually, you know, decide to get good? I mean, we've only been saying it every year. I think it would because I've been so trained into thinking they would be good and then just have them disappoint me. So I think I'd be shocked now officially that if they actually had a good year. But that's kind of like with the Rams, though. You know, we're, we're so used to kind of picking on the Rams and saying that they, you know, they're just these lovable losers and now they're they're winning games. And you're like, oh, well, well, dang. But mind you, the Jags just 2-2, two and two, so they're middle of the road at the moment. But still, they're, they're, they're not in the basement right now. No, that's true. I think for me, the most real team is the Rams. Man, I like the Rams, man. This is what's interesting to me about this, and we talked about this last week a little bit. The Rams finally beat a team that they shouldn't beat, and they did, and that was the Cowboys. Good game, close game, but they won 35-30 to in a really hard-fought battle. 
This week, they get to play the Seahawks, which will be a nice little test. In division, the best team in the division, arguably, if you'd like to argue that already, is the Seahawks, right? Their offense has not played well up until this point. They played better last week, but in general, that has not been a very good offense. Um, I think the Rams, if they win this game this week, will officially get on the scene as, whoa, they could win this division. Because the Seahawks, there's something wrong with the Seahawks this year. You can Absolutely. tell. And and it would really go as far as show how, how really strong the NFC West has been through the past few years. Like San Francisco represented the NFC in the Super Bowl once before. The Cardinals have represented the NFC in the Super Bowl once before. The, the Seahawks have done it a couple times over the past few years. So the Rams are really the last team, especially being in Los Angeles, it's going to be the last team to really come to the table over the past few years. And, and looking at it on paper, you look at the chart, uh, excuse me, you look at the Cardinals offense, you look at the the 49ers offense and the uh the Seahawks, who's better than the Rams on offense? Like, which one of their offenses is better than the Rams? None of them. None of them. I mean, then you look at defense. I really, outside of Seattle, which one of their defenses is as good as is? So the Rams are the most complete team in their division right now. Period. They are. They are. It's a good point. Out of those, which is the biggest faker? Do you think? I'm not really sold on Carolina still. Like, I mean, Cam. Cam is. I like Cam. I think he's an amazing weapon. Um, just you can't teach six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Like six, six they, those are things you just can't teach. And so you kind of have to take the good with the bad with Cam. But I think there's there's just too much bad on that uh, Carolina team. Like Jesse and I were kind of talking. I've, I've kind of talked a little bit about it during the fantasy scramble. Is that I don't think Cam and Kelvin Benjamin like each other or get along at all. Like there's no way you miss this six foot seven receiver. There's no way you can't find him in in coverage. They, I mean. It's almost impossible. And also, Kelvin Benjamin is a freak athlete and can jump out of the, the the stadium. There's no way that you can't get him the ball more. Why are you going to Devin Funches all of a sudden much more than you're going to anyone else? Like, Chris McCaffrey has kind of become his almost his security blanket now, especially with Greg Olson not being around. You know, so he's been throwing it to him. But what's the problem there? I'm, I'm, there's, I don't know. I don't really get Carolina right now. It's got to be like a combination of either – Cam and him don't have a good relationship because I agree. Like, if, if he's not like a huge speedy playmaker, but he is a guy that can go up there and catch the ball almost every time. And in the end zone, that's what he does. He catches touchdowns. And for some reason, they don't want to target this guy. Came out in the preseason, it looked like they were going to use him correctly. He had two uh, two games of the preseason, two touchdowns on just a couple catches. And you're like, oh, they're going to figure it out. They're going to use him in the red zone. Now they're not using him in the red zone. Last week, totally ignored him. All he did was catch all of his passes. And you go to a Devin Funches, who is a fine receiver, but he he's not as good of a receiver. So there is something there. And it, it's, it, it makes me wonder, is, is there no chemistry between these two guys? Do they not like each other? And then there's always the, I've never been a big fan of Ron Rivera. I don't think he's very creative. I don't think he does a good job of getting his guys in position to make plays very, um, very often. And, you know, you went out and got a Christian McCaffrey and you just basically tossing him the ball in the swing route on every play. And that doesn't work. Um, I think I don't really, the team I don't believe in is the bills. I don't believe in the Bills. Now, I know they won games against Denver and Atlanta the last two weeks, teams they definitely should not have beaten if they were the typical Bills. But there's nothing about Buffalo that screams good to me. Um, I don't love Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. LaShawn McCoy is fine. Their top receiver is Jordan Matthews, and he got hurt. Uh, Charles Clay's having a good year, but 
I don't love their defense. I don't know. I just there's I don't believe in the Bills. It's so to weird. me the Bills are perennially going to be seven and nine or eight and eight. And I feel like even though they started three and one, it's still trending that way. It's uh, it's so weird to me because when the season started, we were all saying how much the Bills are trying to tank. You know, they oh you gave away all your best players, you gave away all your your best defensive your defenders, and that's what you do. And what do you know? Right now they're a better team record wise than the Patriots are. You know, and so. That was the weird – I think that's the one that if there was any of these divisions to change quickly, we think it'll be that one. Um, the, the Pats are clearly the best team in that division. Right now, I think that they just have so much going on. They can't figure each other out right now. But the Bills, if who knows? I mean, let's say Tyrod has an amazing season to, to finish the season and the Bills make the playoffs. Like, all of a sudden, now you've got two, possibly three good teams in the AFC East, and you're not as terrible anymore. All right, coming up next, West Coast Bias. Can the Broncos offense be good enough to lead them to the playoffs this year? This is Football Sunday on the Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I had an ear in my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10-16 here on your Sunday morning. You just saw the <laughs> the Chargers being the Chargers. Snap uh, went past Phillip Rivers. He was not paying attention or the center snapped it too early. He had to go throw it out of the back of the end zone for a safety. So the Giants lead two to nothing. <laughs> the Chargers just find it's, it's such a generic thing to say, but it's so true for them. The Chargers find new and exciting ways to lose almost every single week. It's really, it's really crazy. Like if it's not injuries, then they just find some goofball way to screw it up. Like they've, they're it's, it's, we used to say Coogan it. We can't say that anymore. You know, I don't, I don't We got to figure out a new insult for when you really suck. <laughs> Can we just ah, – we have to figure that out. Yeah. Because in my in my mind, the first thing I come to with the Chargers is San Diego Super Chargers. Thanks to – Los Angeles. Chris Berman and Tom Jackson, of course. Yeah, how do we say it now? Um, LA Chargers bleep and suck. <laughs> Can't go. get fans to come to their games. <laughs> Philadelphia had the home game. Well, now you're just now you're just saying things, but no, yes, that fits. They had the home game last year, know, last week, even though they were in LA. Um, man, so the Chargers—that is West Coast team, but we want to—we've already talked about them a little bit. I want to talk about the Denver Broncos, who are not a West Coast team, but we do talk about them a lot. Well, as wow, I can't speak as well as the Arizona Cardinals in this segment because they don't get a lot of love um, out outside of the West Coast. The Broncos are an interesting team. Because their defense is really, really good, and yet their offense leaves a lot to be desired. They've got Trevor Simeon as their quarterback, and he's done fine, but he's not exactly quarterback of the future material, in my opinion, if you're the Broncos. You've got a decent running situation. You've got two good receivers, but something just feels like it's missing every week if you watch the Denver Broncos play offense. Obviously, they can win a football game with their defense. They've got one of the best pass rushers in the league in Von Miller. They've got what they call the no-fly zone. They're really good secondary, even though they lost T.J. Ward or they cut T.J. Ward. They've still got... Let him go. It's just silly. Yeah, but they, they still have Akeem Tlaib and Chris Harris, et cetera. So they've got a lot of good players in the secondary. That's what wins them games. The offense, even when Peyton Manning was bad, it was like almost like they were along for the ride and just had to do enough. So my question is, do you think this Denver offense can do enough this regular season to get them in the playoffs in a really tough AFC West? Uh, 
they're they're gonna have to like right now. They, there are certain things that I think they have to figure out, man. How do you get Demarius Thomas reinvolved in your offense? Like he's been he's had games where he's had you know catches and everything, but he's yet to have a hundred yard game this season. Um, he's yet to catch a touchdown this season. And when you have a guy that's six, you know, six three, six four, two hundred and thirty pounds at the receiver position, man, you got to do everything you can to get him the ball. Demarius Thomas went from being one of the best receivers in the league to a, a top, you know, top ten, top fifteen fantasy guy to everybody wondering kind of, you know, where where he's went. You know, for as 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 okay as Emmanuel Sanders has been this season, you know, he's only got two touchdowns and he's got a, a total of 190 yards through through the four games like you don't expect that to come from somebody as electric as Emmanuel Sanders so I think Simeon who's like you said has played pretty well is he the he's played of the better future? than I thought is he the quarterback of the future I, I'm, I'm I don't think you know time will tell you know if, if that's going to be the case but I know he's got these two really phenomenal receivers on the outside. You've got to figure out a way to get them worked in. And then you've, you know, you still got CJ Anderson. So you still got an opportunity to, to and Jamal Charles uh, is there too. And you got Jamal Charles. So you look at this offense can go, the quarterback should be the weak link, but why aren't they able to move the ball as much as you would think? And that's, well, it's, 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 it's so weird. I do think that a little bit of Denver's problem, and maybe it's not the problem. Maybe it's why they're actually winning is they play a very safe offense uh, Trevor Simeon only averages seven yards per pass completion. So they're playing a very safe dink and dunk offense. Um, that might be why you see a lot of Demarius Thomas or you see less Demarius Thomas numbers is because they're using the underneath guys a lot more than, than DT, although he can play underneath roots as well. Um, it's just, I guess the thing for me, and I am a Broncos fan, so I'll say that is I just don't get the sense that the offense can do good things when they're needed if they have a lead if the defense is playing well then fine but if there's an important situation i don't trust the denver offense to actually get it done um and the fact that he's targeting trevor simeon the kind of secondary receivers more you're seeing a lot of catches for guys like benny fowler um aj derby has 13 targets and eight catches mm -hmm. i know you need to spread it around but there's something missing to me there's something and it's not about like there's a player missing. There's just there's an edge to this offense that is missing to me, and I, I just don't know if I trust it that much. And it's, it's it, you know the strange thing is Vance Joseph has such a an offensive background. You know what I mean? Being a quarterback, being a running back, and all those. But he things. was a defensive coach. He wasn't, and he was a DB coach and things like that. So you would think that he would be able to kind of add some wrinkles to the offense that would. You know, kind of make things a little easier. And Mike for McCoy Simeon. is their coordinator again. The yes. former, their former coordinator and former head coach of the Chargers. Yes, but uh, it's it's one of those things you would think a guy with as much uh, offensive background, especially playing college uh, college quarterback and 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 uh, running back, you'd be able to kind of add a few wrinkles to make things a little bit easier for for some of your guys. And it's not like you don't have the talent to do it. Jamal Charles, while he's not the guy that we remember from uh, Kansas City. It's still an okay running back. You know, he's still going to be a guy that's going to be able to get you a few yards a game. And then, you, like we just mentioned, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, you've got weapons. And why you're not – we're not worried about the defense. That's the one thing we're not even going to spend any time talking about because I think we know their defense is going to be legit. Why can't they score more points is the, is the question that I'm always kind of asking. I'm, I'm not too worried about the offense. It's, I, this is a question to me that's more weak – 
seven, eight, where you, you have about a half season. You have a new offensive coordinator coming in. You have a new head coach coming in. They both are trying to figure out how they're working together. They're, um, you know, Mike McCoy. These are some new pieces from the last time he was in Denver. And it, I personally, I think there's certain things that they haven't done yet where that are strengths of things like Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas is really good on getting those little um, slipstream passes, uh, you know, and they haven't been using him on the screen passes or anything like that so far. And that's where he really excels, getting a couple blockers, kind of like a little running back, and, and let him make the move. So there's certain things that I, I don't think that they have done yet that have um, maximized the strengths of their offensive weapons. Jamal Charles, they're not really using in the passing game. And we all know how incredibly dominant Charles can be in the passing game. So I'm waiting to see some of that get rolled in. And, and not to mention, I I imagine they're not trying to overload Simeon. They, I, I think they want to go out there, kind of roll out a basic offense, roll in a little, a few more wrinkles every week and let Simeon keep that confidence rolling because what they've done so far is made him believe he's a starting quarterback by with the start that he's had, because despite him having a couple down games, he's been a good quarterback. Is he the quarterback of the future there? The answer to that is no. However, the quarterback of the future, Paxton Lynch, has not won the job over him. So he's the quarterback of the now. He's the quarterback that is good enough to keep them in games. You know, that's a lot better than a lot of other teams can say, right? Other teams would kill to have Trevor Simeon at this point. Um, so in that sense, I think he's a solid quarterback for them to have. But I also view it as it's almost as if they're in a transitional period. And part of that is because, you know, Peyton Manning left and that was, that was a big deal. Um, but part of it too is they got the new head coach. They kind of have, kind of have a little bit of a new staff going on. And I'm, I'm curious cause some of the defenders are getting older mm -hmm. and it's almost as if they're in a transitional period where they know the defense can carry them for now. So they're kind of just seeing what they can do with some of these offensive players and by the time the defense gets old and retires and maybe they lose some of their edge, the offense will then be ready to pop and lead the team while the defense goes through a transitional period. You never, as a football team, want to have both of them going through at the same time because then you're going to be awful. Absolutely. And I, I, I kind of think that's what they're doing on offense. They're kind of saying, all right, let's see what we got here with some of these guys. You know, we've got good receivers, but let's see what Jamal Charles can do or let's see what some of our young receivers yeah, can do. You, you, you have the, – the Broncos really have room to experiment and because your defense is so legit. Like, not a lot of teams can say that, oh, we can just kind of work it out. You know, maybe the maybe the, the Seahawks are the only other team that can really rest so heavily on their defense that they can say, you know what, offense, we can just be kind of mediocre and still win some games 13 to, to 3. And so I think that's the one um, – great thing about the Broncos they know they can hang their hat on that defense and leave leave it at that yeah I I don't know if I agree with you I think they honestly are going to legitimately think about Trevor being a quarterback of the future uh, if he keeps playing well I don't know why yeah because right now I think a lot of why you're saying that is because he's a seventh round pick well no I, it's I, not it's I, because I, of watching him play he just he's better than uh 10, 10 other quarterbacks in this league right now that are starting. And that that's why I say, I mean... He doesn't create any excitement it, for me. It, yeah, not... And there's been lots of quarterbacks that don't create excitement that have won Super Bowls. So, I mean, I, I just don't... Is he the quarterback of the future? I don't know, but I'm not going to say he's not. Well, I mean, it'd be different if his numbers were terrible. And, if, you know, if, if he were 
uh, on some Tom Savage, you know, type stuff right now to where his numbers were awful, you know, then I would probably say that. But, I mean, if it's been three years now for Paxton Lynch being drafted, is well, it two, two or three? This two is years. his second year. And, and, and he still hasn't beaten out, you know, Simeon. This was but he wasn't to be the year. I don't know if he was supposed to this quick. Remember, he was – I he think, was he was a really raw guy leaving Memphis, and they were they knew they'd have some work to do. They wanted to give him every opportunity to win that job this year, and he couldn't do it. I look at it as um, what you have right now is a guy who is probably outplaying a guy like Andy Dalton early in his career. And if you could say that, you know, he he's playing as well as Andy Dalton does at the height of his of what Andy Dalton has done, I think the Broncos are happy with that. So I'm, I'm just, th- if you compare him to other quarterbacks that have just been kind of coming along, is he putting up 4,000 yards like Jameis Winston? No, but he's also not throwing three interceptions a game like Jameis Winston. So, all right, we got to take a break coming up next. Hate it or love it. We uh, did not do a competition last week as we had to, um, as we had a, a quick last segment edition of the hate it or love it. So we're back to the competition ways here next, but first Jesse S sports center. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1034 here on your Sunday morning. Peeking out a little bit of crack I can see in the window. Looks like a pretty nice morning out there. A little chilly, but... Well, your mic's off, by the way. You got to turn your mic on. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> Only been doing, doing this for about four years now. No, uh, it was wet when I just went outside to oh. go to the car and get my charger. Ooh, so bright though, so. it might be a pump fake. No, well, we'll see. All right, hated to love it time. Let's uh, let's go, Jesse. All right, I I did give you guys a little peek behind the curtain this week. You gave which... me a peek behind the curtain. Oh Rashad well, that's that's on Rashad for leaving the room. I missed it. Apparently, I, I told you guys as you were you were still in the room when I said I was going to give you a peek behind the curtain. My phone was charging. I had oh, a nice. charger. Always an excuse. Always an excuse. <laughs> reasons, bud. Reasons. We're going to start with them Oregon Ducks. Oregon Ducks, man. Uh, um, I think this would be kind of a different tale if we had our our sophomore under center in, in Herbert. But, you know, broke that collarbone. So now he's going to be out at least another four weeks. And uh, we're dealing with Braxton Burmeister and a really the meat of the schedule. So with that being said... Love or hate, Oregon Ducks will win seven games this season. And they're what, four and two right now? Correct. I will say, I'll start, right? Because Rashad won yeah. two weeks ago. Is that, is that what we're doing? Okay. I will say, hate the Oregon Ducks will not win seven games this year. The rest of the schedule for Oregon is actually pretty tough. As I mentioned in the last segment, they play Washington, they play Stanford, they play Utah, they play UCLA. And then they have two easier games at the end with Arizona and uh, Oregon State. So I think that they'll win those two games, especially if you get Justin Herbert coming back from injury. So six wins. That means they need to win one of these next four games with Braxton Burmeister at your quarterback. And frankly, I don't see that happening. It's not going to happen against Stanford. It's not going to happen against Utah. It's not going to happen against UW. The only team I could see it happening against is UCLA because UCLA's defense is not very good. But I'm sorry. I don't see it happening against UCLA either. Um, 
To me, it's a it's a six win season. If that, and if Justin Herbert takes longer to come back, well, then it's probably a five win season because you will beat either Arizona or Oregon State. I don't know which, um, but the Beavs have played well against the Ducks the last few years, so I'll, I'll say five to six wins because of the injury. But that does not mean things are going poorly. It just was bad luck with the Herbert injury. Uh, I hate it. Um, and as much as I really want to love it, because I was one of those people that was saying the Ducks could win seven to eight games. The truth is, losing Justin Herbert was the was the trump card. Um, I, I don't know if they're strong enough to go into Stanford and go and get a W from there. Stanford historically has always played the Ducks really well. That's why the battle for the North has always been between Stanford and Oregon. I think UCLA is susceptible because their defense isn't great. Justin Herbert, or excuse me, uh, um, Josh Rosen can put up numbers like nobody's business, though he already has. I believe it's like 17 touchdowns on the season. The Ducks' defense is getting much better as they showed against Washington State, so I give them a fighting chance in those two games. But, I, well, I, well, you know what? Let me take that back. I guess I love it because I, if they if they can go in there and beat UCLA and then they get Oregon State and then they get uh, or then they get Arizona and Oregon State, that would be seven wins. And I think of all the of all the teams they're actually playing, UCLA is the one team outside of Arizona State, and Oregon that they can actually Oregon State they can actually beat. So if I think they actually can win seven games, I mean I think they'll definitely lose to Stanford. They'll definitely lose to Utah and Washington, but those other three games I think they can get. I love especially, Carson Wentz, by the way. Especially if Burmeister only has to win one of those games. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, UCLA is winnable. Is that one on the road, or is that is that in Austin? That's at UCLA. At UCLA. That one's going to be tough just mm. because it's down in the Rose Bowl. Um, here's one. Now, this, this is going to sway your opinion based on the way that they've started today, but we're going to throw it out there anyway. Chargers, Giants. Neither one of them have a win. One of them is going to have their first win of the season. <laughs> Man, I, you know, and to be honest, if you look on paper, you're going to go ahead and say that the Chargers has the better team. Like, uh, it, yeah, it, it, they just they just should. So with that said, love or hate, the Chargers will get their first W of the season today. Well, hate. And I, I think you're right. <laughs> it, it's changed based on the early part of the game. Uh, a rushing touchdown. A, let me repeat that. A rushing touchdown for the New York Giants has occurred. The New York Giants have one of the worst rushing games in the NFL this year, and they scored a long rushing touchdown against the Chargers. The Chargers had a bad snap that Phillip Rivers was not paying attention for, land in the end zone that he threw out for his safety. Again, new and creative ways to lose. The Giants' defense actually isn't that bad, and I think that is a key right there. Is That's the strength of the team is the defense. They actually haven't played that poorly in their losses. It's been the offense that's played poorly. And frankly, the Giants' offense is not that bad if they can run the ball. So I think they'll win this game, A, because they're up now, but B, the Chargers just, they can't do it. The Chargers keep finding ways to lose games, and they're just not going to, it's almost like a curse for them leaving San Diego. It's almost going to be the Dean Spanos curse, and they're not going to win another game until they decide to go back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I, wait, well, I'm loving that the Chargers will win? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Chargers are going <laughs> to lose this game. Um, I disagree with you guys. I think New York is the better team than both of them. Or than, uh, uh, between the both of them, I had New York picked the, the team to win the 
uh, the NFC this year. I was super wrong about that. But you look at the Chargers offense and you see Keenan Allen, Antonio Gates, and Terrence Williams, and, and, and uh, Melvin Gordon, and you say, why can't this team win a game? But then you also look at New York and say, man, Brandon Marshall, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Eli Manning, who's won two Super Bowls, this great defense. Why don't they have any more wins? But I'm looking at this New York team saying they haven't been able to work things out. Not having ODB for, I think, the first two games of the season really kind of hurt them because they had no nobody else that can get involved in anything. So uh, I think the Giants are going to win this game for two reasons. Number one, they're already winning. Uh, number two, like Lynch said, the Chargers love to find new and creative ways to blow it for, them, for themselves, whether it's injury or just making some bonehead play. So this will be the game that New York finally gets on the board. All right. Uh, just give you a little peek behind the curtain one more time. And this is uh, this is the score. Seven to six. Lynch right now going into the final round. All right. Hey. So it's close. Just need a strong round. It's always me. close. We're, yeah. we're never that far apart. Let's go. All right. America. <laughs> Morocco. Now, there's been a, a quarterback who's been quite impressive to start his career thus far as he, oh my gosh, Delaney Walker, that was gigantic. Thank you for that one, by the way. Did they call it back? Uh, well, probably. It, he looks like it, yep. he's shocked. There's a flag. <laughs> All right. That, that was a gigantic Delaney Walker play. All right. So uh, starting his career, great, great start uh, at, at the quarterback position. In fact, he's the only quarterback ever in NFL history to pass for more uh, for 4,000 yards or more in the first two seasons of his career. Now, I have been watching Jameis Winston this year and have not seen a very good quarterback. I see a guy with a big, lively arm that likes to chuck it downfield, has some guys that can catch it, but he loves to throw interceptions. Love or hate, Jameis Winston is the next Jay Cutler. Mm. Um, you know what? I'll say love, mm. and, and, here's, and here's the reason why. Jameis Winston has been living on his arm strength so far early in his career. Sound familiar? Jay Cutler. J Jameis Winston has really bad mechanics when throwing the football. He throws off his back foot a lot because guess what? He has great arm strength. Um, you sound familiar? Jay Cutler did that for his whole career. Now, that doesn't mean Jameis Winston's going to have a bad career, of course. Jay Cutler has made a pretty good career for himself. Now, he's been laughed at a lot because of the smoking Jay Cutler stuff. But, And I do think Jameis Winston can be better than Jay Cutler. However, if Jameis Winston decides he can just do it on his own without properly learning how to be a quarterback, then he will for sure be the next Jay Cutler because, frankly, watching him play sometimes is really ugly. If you remember watching in Hard Knocks this year, the amount of times that you saw Dirk Cutter or their offensive coordinator going to him and just trying to kind of, like, get smack some sense into him, be like, just do this correctly. Stop trying to improvise so much. It's not working. That's why I think that's going to be a bad a bad thing for Jameis Winston. Uh, I hate it. Um, Jameis Winston, I'm not going to compare him to smoking Jay Cutler. I'm going to compare him to the Hall of Famer and Brett Favre. Uh, you look at a guy who also huge arm, but also threw a lot of picks. Brett Favre's first season as a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he threw 18 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. His next year as a starter for the Green Bay Packers, he threw 19 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. The next year, he threw 33 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So far in Jameis' career, first season, 13, uh, uh, excuse me, 
I, I just had the stat and I just lost it. Either way, Jameis is throwing just as many interceptions as a guy like Brett Favre was, but you're looking at a dude who loves to play football. Smoking Jay Cutler was not that. He's, he was just he just was just happy to get a check. Jameis Winston is out there high-fiving guys, slapping asses. He's out there making sure that everybody on that team is energized and ready to go. He is the reason that that franchise moves forward. If they've gotten any better over the past few years, it's because Jameis Winston has really been the dude. He hasn't been hurt. He hasn't missed any games. Marcus Mariota has missed a game every single year of his career so far. Jameis Winston has been as, as consistent a quarterback as you can want. Outside of the interceptions, that's going to happen, especially in a pass-happy league. I think Jameis is more Brett Favre than he is smoking Jay. All right. I heard a lot of points in that round. Yeah. Are we tied or is there a winner? I think we're, I think we're tied. You're tied. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, we got two minutes left in the music, bed. Let's do a quick one. All right. Uh, I'm going to do this uh, just because I think we've had this discussion already today. I didn't really come prepared, but off the you top of my head, us, I think this you is. You should give us 30 seconds. This is a good minute, one. 30 seconds on this one, guys. Love or hate, Devin Funches ends as the better receiver with uh, between Kelvin Benjamin. And as that, the better uh, receiver as or the this better, year with, like, stats? At, Stats. At the end of the year, he's going to have more yards, more touchdowns, more receptions. Devin Funches over Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, I say hate because Kelvin Benjamin is the better receiver. Devin Funches has not been able to get anything going in his first few years in this career, and he had a lot of high expectations when he went to Carolina. If you saw the first drive of this game, Carolina or Cam Newton threw the ball to Kelvin Benjamin in the end zone. It was tipped away by Darius Slay, so they're still going to try to get Kelvin Benjamin the ball more often than Devin Funches. Um, and frankly, it's going to be one of those things where I feel like uh, Benjamin's going to go, look, get me the ball. And the Panthers are going to have to go, okay. So I think it's going to be uh, Benjamin, not Funches. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be Funches. Funches is a guy that's been in the system for a while. When Kevin, Kevin Benjamin was out, he was actually one of the guys that helped kind of carry this Carolina team all the way to the Super Bowl. Devin Funches has been the person that's been really getting a lot of the targets while he hasn't been doing a whole lot with them. None of those are going to Kelvin Benjamin. You're talking about a six foot seven receiver in the end zone who can jump out of the stadium who isn't getting any looks, looks that way. But also, it looks like he's going more to Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton is going more to Christian McCaffrey and some of those other guys, especially because there is no um, uh, Greg Olson around right now. So I'm, I'm looking at Devin Funches to be really the guy that's running a lot of the underneath routes like he's been doing. And so far, he's been the target, not Kelvin Benjamin. I think there's some beef there. All right. The and the winner is Mike Lynch. Yeah. Ah, oh, fooey, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> crap. Well, hey, look, you won two weeks ago, so let's uh, let's give me a little bit of a win here. You can take it, I suppose. One more segment to go. I'll figure out what we're going to talk about, and we'll tell you next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Uh, feels good to hear that winter music again. Uh, looks bad for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton looks field, hurt. Though. Matt Castle looked hurt after getting destroyed on that last play. Might be Brandon Whedon time in Tennessee, by the way. It's I think it's definitely A.J. McCarron time in Cincinnati, though. I know there are a lot of Bengals fans that have been hoping for that. Well, hey, Andy Dalton, actually, since they made the O.C. switch, has been great. Seven touchdowns, no picks. He's got like a... 80% completion or 75% completion rate. So since they made the switch at offensive coordinator, he's actually been good. Um, I actually want to talk about this, and Jesse brought it up, and it kind of is a, is an interesting quick little segment before the end of the show. He said, are the Titans really just not going to be good this year? 
Or you said, or did we over over play our hand in talking about how good they're going to be? Because a lot of people predicted them to win the division, 12, 12 wins. wins. Yeah. Um, I think we did overplay our hand a little bit. Now, Marcus Mariota's hurt this game. If they lose it, they'll be two and three. The division's very close right now, as we've talked about at the 10 o'clock segment. Two and two, tied across the way at the top. Colts are one and three. They could still win the division when Mariota comes back from the hamstring injury, which seems like it'll be next week since he was a game-time decision this week. But um, their defense just isn't very good, and that's the problem. The problem is, is it isn't really their offense, and the offense has struggled, but I like the offense that they have. Their defense was just... I kind of looked at it and went, oh, this, this could be a sneaky good defense. No secondary play. Not a lot of pressures on the opposing quarterback. That's that's really hurting the Titans right now. Yeah, and also, you know, obviously not having your trigger man right now is is a, is a big deal. Like, I mean, even though it's a winnable division, um, you still, you're still going to need that guy. You're seeing Matt Castle out there just kind of getting pushed around right now. And mind you, you, having a guy like Mariota, now you're able to escape. Now you're able to extend plays a little bit. That kind of sucks. And like you said, the defense just isn't what I thought, what we thought it would be. Like, we've always kind of talked about how bad their corners were and, and some of their secondary, and they kind of look like they shirt that up a little bit. But still, they're still giving up a lot of big points. And uh, I'm just curious of if if they are, like you said, if they are really as good as we thought they would be or, or who they are who we they thought are they who are. we thought they were. Yeah, you understand. Know I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what to make of Tennessee right now. I know I'm, I'm reserving judgment because they don't have their quarterback. And any team that doesn't have their quarterback, a healthy quarterback, I'm reserving judgment on the Raiders right now. <laughs> the Raiders need Derek Carr. So until they get that, then I just, yeah. I the Browns and Jets, by the way, are scoreless, <laughs> and the Browns just missed a field goal. It's already in the second quarter. This is the worst game of all time, I think. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's it's like a, a couple teams that just they're like, hey, I. I just learned how to play football this week. Want to want to play? It's bad, but I, this is what I'm where I'm concerned with with Tennessee. I guess I never really thought the defense was going to be great. I thought they would be okay, so that that's kind of a concern that they're not even okay. But Marcus Mariota really not making that leap that I thought he was going to make. He hasn't had a 300 yard game. You know, granted he he got hurt last game, but that's still three full games that he had. He's still only three touch uh, passing touchdowns through the season. Most of his damage really has been done with his legs so far. So uh, with the the pieces that they've had around him, that, that hasn't worked out. They've had some hamstring injuries, so that makes me wonder what's going on with their conditioning regiment there. I just think there's a lot of things that, like, it's the little things that I don't think are working in Tennessee. Your running game's not looking good. And I understand maybe DeMarco Murray's getting old because he is at that point where he's getting 30. That's that that's that wall for running backs. Derrick Henry's only had a couple moments. Mm-hmm. He hasn't looked very good either. So it's just, what's all the talent doing? And I, I think they're missing all the little things. Yeah, mistakes. And Mariota's looked okay, but you're right. He hasn't looked as prolific as a passer as I thought he would look. He's actually had, he's done well running the ball like usual. Um, he did have a couple of touchdowns against the Texans last week, but uh, Christian McCaffrey touchdown, by the way. Uh, hopefully you started him, Rashad. Christian McCaffrey just scored a touchdown? No, he didn't. Yes, yeah, he did. I'm killing my matchup this week. So Usually, you did. He started. I, I'm not used to scoring anything over like 64 points. <laughs> and so today, I already have, let's see, I've got 48 points. Oh, my God. Well, I'm now it's all right going to stop. <laughs> yeah, right? And it all comes crashing down right now. So far, A.J. Green's been really great for me. Um, 
Dark uh, Darkwa has been uh, really good for me. Deshaun Watson a little later on. So go ahead, Christian McCaffrey, which is I think his first NFL touchdown. I believe it is. Yeah, a little uh, little shovel pass forward. By the way, in my fantasy league, I was looking it up to see who had Ed Dixon because he's got 140 receiving yards. The former Duck on three catches. Uh, the same guy who has AJ Green has Ed Dixon starting. Uh, this so hey. uh, I'm not playing him. Luckily, but he's already got 70 points. And uh, it's this early. That's like they're conferring about something, possibly about the touchdown. So, Believe uh, it or not, like the Dixon is why I didn't play Calvin Benjamin. I looked at it and I was like, you know, Dixon's actually right now a better receiver than Calvin Benjamin is. <laughs> it's all since my I God. wish that Gronk was out two days earlier because I would have probably gotten Ned Dixon as my tight end this week. But instead I had to make a panic move on Saturday because Gronk was ruled out last second and my backup tight end was Tyler Eifert. And now I got Benjamin Watson. So he better freaking score a touchdown today, lest I be more mad. Fantasy football, man. It gets you. It gets you. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Coming up next, we've got Seahawks Rams pregame right after us at 11. Kick today is going to be uh, one of the 105, 120 starts here on the fan. Um, I'm going to look up the schedule here for you to get you our, our next few start times for this show as they are always changing based on their schedule um next week will be their bye week so we'll be on at 8 to 9 30 next week the old time 90 minute shows will have a double header of nfl for you then for the next three weeks after that we will be back to 9 to 11 until the beginning of november so 8 to 9 30 next week everybody be here we'll have more fantasy scramble for you so make sure you're here early and uh, we'll help you out as best as we can. And then 9 to 11 for the next few weeks after that. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the NFL. Enjoy the baseball playoffs. Enjoy whatever it is you're watching today on a Sunday. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.